4: Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
6: Thanks for listening to Primetime with Isaac and Souk On Demand, a service patriots podcast on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan.
2: Service Patriots is your home for comfort solutions for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan.
4: What's the most resilient parasite?
5: Prime
2: time with Isaac and Can build cities, can transform the
1: world, and rewrite all the rules. That's what I'll be doing every single night. Which is why. No, no, no,
6: no!
1: I have to steal it.
6: What are you talking about,
7: Willis?
1: This is Prime Time with Isaac and Soup.
7: It's going to work. It's passable. Okay, this this isn't terrible.
1: The best in local, regional, and national sports
7: with no hidden
1: agenda. Prime Time with Isaac and Soup on 1080
6: The Fan. All right, welcome back. It is 4:02 with the Isaac and Soup. The Ducks play under the lights this weekend at Autzen hosting USC. And it is time for our weekly visit with uh, Oregon head coach Dan Lanning, who joins us now. Coach, can you read? Can you read me?
8: I got you. What's up, man? Hey,
6: well, not much, not much at all. Uh, that start of the cow game was pretty wild, wasn't it? What, <laughs> what is the? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
8: yeah, wild for sure. I think, uh, yeah, I was a little frustrated there early on, but uh, we came back to we, we came back to shape before it was all said and done.
6: Yeah, but it just kind of goes to show that was a good lesson for all of us out here in just fan land. That's like, man. Yeah. <laughs> You were you guys have been playing great. Everything's been tight, and then first play interception, and just things can just get haywire. What is the strangest game you've ever been a part of?
8: Mm. Boy, I wasn't expecting that question. Strangest game I've ever been a part of. I don't know. I've been I've been a part of a lot of different games. Um, I don't know if I have the answer to that question. You know, to catch me, you know, off the top. i been, you know, the Peach Bowl. My my. Uh, Back in the last year of Georgia's COVID season, you know, we ended up winning that game on a last second field goal in the last with a two minute drive where, you know, there was a four minute drive where we had to get the ball back. It was kind of a crazy one. And we hit a long kick, not to mention that it was COVID. So the entire and the stands are completely empty.
2: Yeah.
8: Um, but that was definitely a unique one. Um, but but been, been a part of a, a bunch of different a bunch of different ones.
2: Yeah, you know, it was just so weird because like you, you get to this, I always call them the witches of November. Funky things happen in college football. You lose the teams, you're not supposed to lose, do weird games and like the way that started, you know, and it was kind of a back and forth first, you know, first, you know, quarter, quarter and a half, and there was like that feeling of like, Oh my god, is this gonna be it? And then
8: you scored sixty. <laughs> like, sixty
6: three, actually. Yeah, sixty three. Yeah, I mean, <laughs>
8: Yeah, and, and for me, it's more just a frustration at the start because there's a lot of self-inflicted wounds early on, you know, um, you know, a, a ball in your hands, we don't just quite finish on it, uh, a snap error that turns into a touchdown when your defense isn't on the field. Like those are some things that stick with you, um, and things you can't do, you know, when it matters most, but, uh, you can do when you're playing, um, Cal. So we, we got to get better, um, in those moments, but, you know, I think it's good for one thing that we do a good job of. We we learn just as much from, from wins as we do from losses, and I think our players, you know, do a really great job of that.
2: Well, Coach, I asked the tough questions here. You know, I talked about your strength conditioning. I talked about your strength conditioning program with the, the lack of duck push-ups, which was disappointing early in the season. And what are we doing with big man scooping scores? I mean, seriously, we can't get an extra
8: half yard? Well, did, did you – have you watched that one close? Because uh, after review – you, do you not feel like he was in the end zone?
2: Well, I can't say that I've done the Simpruder film. I, at first, I thought he scored, and he may have been in, but we can't do better than that. He recovers it on like the yard line and a half. Can we? Can we? Well, just work- know that
8: he's seen it. He just know that he's seen that just about every week, uh, <laughs> every day this week. So, um, <laughs> if the opportunity comes again, I would tell you this: Ediemoni, yo, know, he's gonna, he's gonna make that play next time. But. <laughs> I think if you go back after review, you might say, hey, maybe he was in the first time anyway. Oh, it's, it's, it's close to you. I'm, I'm being dead serious. City fumble, country fumble. So that was, oh. that was a country fumble when there's nobody else around, like scoop and score, get in the end zone. Uh, city fumble, get on the ball, right? But then again, if that doesn't happen right then Bo Nix would have had five touchdowns not six so Mm. you got to think about you know all the repercussions that exist here
2: (laughs) so first off I have never heard that phrase before and I'm totally going to steal it (laughs) country fumble city fumble that's fantastic yeah (laughs) and uh yeah so common in coaching yeah if Bo wins the Heisman we'll look back on the uh the talkie no touchdown and you know I think he deserves to you know a little piece of that Heisman trophy
8: no doubt, we should give him a cupcake or something if Bo wins the Heisman.
6: So, how does a team swapping out its defensive coordinator right before you play them? How does that affect your prep?
8: Well, it certainly means you you sit back and say, okay, what's different about these guys, um, and what 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 would you be willing to change if you were in that same situation? You know, um, they've got some good coaches over there, and they've they've certainly got some good players. You know, we've just studied a little bit more of their background. Your coach Odom's been. Um, he's called it before at Oklahoma last time Oregon played in the Alamo bowl. Oh. Um, so studied that game a little bit, you know, he was, uh, at Missouri, um, you know, with Ryan Walters and Barry Odom for uh, a good amount of time where they run, uh, a couple of things different schematically defensively, um, that we certainly take a glance at. And then, then you study a, a lot of what they've done there at SC and say, okay, how would you adjust it if you were, uh, taking over the ship in the middle of the night? And, and, uh, you know what we'll have to do? We'll have to go out there with our camp rules and be able to execute based on what we see. There's only
2: so much you can change over the course of one week, though, correct?
8: We shall see. Yeah. You know, you would think, right, yeah. and execute at a high level. But um, I, I certainly expect some changes. Uh, I wouldn't expect a, a hard sell. Um, you know, sometimes when there's changes, that that can be, you know, in, it can create some juice within your program and an opportunity to go out there and execute at a higher level. So, Um, we'll see what, you know, what transpires.
6: Yeah, that's, that's where I was going with the follow-up there. On the outside, it seems as if we, I mean, we have no idea how disruptive an in-season coaching change uh, could be on the inside. Have you seen that firsthand, and what can be the effects for a team?
8: Yeah, it can can go a couple different ways. Um, I'm sure everybody in that program has love and admiration for Coach Grinch, and um, ultimately, those decisions are always hard um, when they exist. I've talked, you know, Ball with uh alex before he ever got to usc and and before i ever got here to oregon i know he's a good ball coach um so i'm certain there's some people in that building that are hurting a little bit and they want to go perform at a higher level um but the same no it creates some opportunities from other people that are going to be really hungry so they can go either way um our job isn't to really worry about that our job is to go out there and focus on what's the best version of the Oregon Ducks, and how can we execute at a high level
2: uh, with with obviously the, the recruiting grounds in Southern California, you guys have done such a good job down there over the years and in, in, in USC being you know, in their backyard. Does the uh, anytime you play in L.A., does it carry a little extra weight when it comes to recruits?
8: Well, we're going to recruit the best of the best, regardless of where they live. And certainly there's a lot of great players that live in California. And I think um, ultimately the players that we recruit would love to see us win, you know, especially when it comes to games against their home state. So all games matter. We're not going to pretend like one game matters more than the next. Um, but that's certainly an important one that we want to put our, you know, our best foot forward and execute at a high level.
2: You know, you said uh, coming into the season that, you know, Bo Nix was so good last year, and you said he could get even better. And you kind of looked and said, I don't know how that's possible. And yet here we are, arguably playing better than anyone in the country. What has he done actually to improve from last year, which was phenomenal, to this year, where, like I said, to me right now, you could make a strong case he's the Heisman Trophy winner.
8: You know, I don't know uh, that Bo's had a lot of seasons where – and we certainly have had a coordinator change. But there hasn't been a lot of seasons where Bo got to operate under the same system, you know, multiple years in a row. And I think what you're seeing this year is what's it look like when Bo gets to do a lot of the same things two years in a row with some of those great elements that Coach Stein's been able to bring aboard and add. Um, But, he's, you know, he's performed at a really high level. I mean, we have a a coaches meeting every Thursday. And people probably don't realize this. Bo sits in that meeting with us. Like he's going through – uh, our game plan tape and hearing us coaches discuss what calls we like, what we don't. I'm asking Bo what his favorite play is, what his read is, as we kind of go through this game before a game. Um, there's just a lot of things that make Bo Nix different. And um, his performance, you know, on the field is is enough to point that out. But the person he is, you know, I think is uh, makes that a, a whole nother level.
2: Yeah, you guys were playing Utah and you were down at the goal line and, and you were running a little rub route. And he threw a touchdown to the guy setting the pick under pressure i can't say i i seen that before that's uh that that's a that's a calm cool customer back there in the pocket
8: He is that um and maybe it was a you know that was a game plan play where it looks like that guy's doing that but you know it was actually it was yeah. not it was and it was a very intentional play the way it played out now the protection looked a little bit different than we anticipated <laughs> um but that was something that we had kind of set up, you know, over time, and Bo did a good job of executing in that moment.
2: Oh, you have a little subterfuge there, huh? The, the the fake the fake rub route.
8: Correct. Oh. That is right.
2: So,
6: what about Caleb Williams, the the last Heisman? Uh, he's pretty good. What can you compare him to another quarterback we would know?
8: Um. No, I don't know. I, I mean, I think every one of these guys are individuals in, into themselves. You know, Caleb is a guy that can make every single throw, probably doesn't get enough credit for how how uh, strong his lower body strength is. He's not a guy that goes down easy, and mm-hmm. he's much faster than people realize as well. His scramble ability is impressive. You know, things that I think make him really different is how long he can hold on to the ball um, and find explosive plays. The last guy that I really went against, that was similar to that, was Joe Burrow when he was at LSU. He's a guy that Didn't go down easy, could hold on to the ball for a long time, and then he had really good weapons to be able to throw the ball to. So, um, you know, Caleb's obviously a special player. He's definitely got great arm strength, and it's hard to outrun his arm. So he's looking to make the big play consistently, and they've done a good job of that this season.
2: I mean, I know guys have to love the challenge. We talked when you were playing Washington State with the linemen. It can be a little frustrating because they get rid of the ball so quick. Caleb backs out and backs up a lot, and so I'm assuming that if you're a D lineman, you know this is one of those where you're you're pumped for this because it's an ultimate challenge, and there's plays to be made with how
8: long he holds the ball. Am I right? Well, if you win, right, there, there's plays to be made if you win your one on one, and this one's comes down to as much as anything about effort, rush. You know, because these D linemen at times they can get tired. It's hard to rush for somebody for eight seconds or six seconds, and uh, he makes you do that. He spins out of the pocket, he extends plays. He'll move, you know, the the launch point back in the pocket, and he keeps his eyes downfield the entire time. So it's a real challenge, but there certainly are opportunities that sit out there.
2: Well, and, and with your guys' depth, I remember when when I was playing at BYU and we played Bama and we played Florida State, Notre Dame, and someone asked me what the difference was between them and other teams, and I always said depth, like the the fact that you just never got a break, the backup and the backup just kept coming. And you look at your guys and the depth you've built. It it reminds me that this this is is different than than past teams. So when you look at the depth that you guys have built, is it getting there with with some of those the, the, those championship level teams like you saw at Georgia?
8: Oh, well, time will tell. But I'll say this: the depth is really a string for us right now, and these are the games where it matters the most. Right, you have to be fresh in the moment, and these are moments that we need to be fresh because. There's going to be some guys that get worn out. What we want is when you're on the field, give us your absolute best. If, we, if you need a tap out, hell yeah, we'll get you somebody in there. Um, but don't put bad film out there. Don't put bad execution and Certainly don't put bad effort out there uh, on the field.
6: So last week we asked you about the Hail Mary. This week I'd like to ask you about a random play they like to call the Tush Push. <laughs> uh, I wonder, yeah. yeah, what do you think when you watch the Eagles do that and what makes it so hard to stop?
8: Well, one, you know, if you go back and you watch, like, rugby football, it's very similar, you know, to rugby football where you have guys getting low pad level and leg drives. And um, so often, like, when you watch quarterback sneaks, you just see guys kind of just jump on the ground. There's, like, a submarine technique the defensive line will do where they just shoot below your knees. You know, the tush push is a little bit different, one, because – Everybody's moving their legs and they're moving them forward. These guys are getting four-point stances. Um, they try to get great pad level below the defender, um, and then the fact that you have guys behind that are actually you know moving the bo- moving pockets as well. But quarterbacks moving their feet—the whole thing—it's a really tough play to defend. Um, and you know, I think you'll probably just continue to see more of it in college football as we move forward.
6: You guys, you guys uh,
2: working on that?
8: Mm, no comment.
2: <laughs> How much do you do you watch enough like? The, the stuff trickles up, you know, both ways, trickles up, trickles down from the NFL. How much do you pay attention to that game and, and take from it stuff that you guys use in, in, in your schemes?
8: So I don't, I don't get a chance. Sunday is such a big prep day for us that I hardly ever get a chance to really watch NFL games. But what I do do is I go through, you know, explosive plays in football um, every single week. So I watch an explosive play reel in, in college and NFL football. Um, that I'm kind of able to, to pull some ideas and thoughts from and see if any of even fit what we do. You know, I have a couple guys on our staff that do the same thing. Um, so we watch that at times. And then Thursday, this is the night that I get to watch a little bit of NFL football because we get down a little bit earlier as a staff on Thursday. So what is it tonight, Bears yeah, and Panthers? Uh, Panthers? I'm, I'm sorry. So Gosh, i get to see a little bit of that.
2: Mm, not good. That's not, not good. That's, yeah, that's, that's... – <laughs> Don't watch that. That's
8: rough. It's football. It's, football. it's football. I mean, what else are we going to watch? Bowling? I mean, come on. It's, it's football. Well, Get we, excited. We, well, we gamble yeah. on it, so that makes yeah. it, it. I makes got the it, Panthers, it, yeah. if you care. Yeah. It's words of advice, man. Don't gamble on football. <laughs> what? I mean, I don't know. Are you guys up? Are you guys? Are you guys doing well?
2: Yeah. Well, of
8: course. I mean. Oh, well, think you keep doing know. it. Good.
6: Yep. Yeah, well, well, I yeah. you win some, you lose some, but well, over time, you
8: mm-hmm. you know, you, I it makes you. every game fun, is what you're telling me. You yes. pay more attention to Bowling Green versus whoever exactly. because you know there's more fun. All right, man. well, I get that. It's yeah. fun, yeah,
2: and it's great when a certain linebacker from the Oregon Ducks uh, maybe hurdles a quarterback and scores <laughs>
8: against <laughs> Texas
2: Tech. You know, it's yeah. there. You go. Yeah. All
8: right, there you go.
2: Have
6: a great night uh, and uh, good luck against USC. Thanks, Coach.
8: I right, appreciate you guys. Have a good
2: one. Okay, we'll talk to you next week. That is Dan Lanning, the Oregon football coach, who joins us every Thursday at four. I wanted to ask him, but I thought it would be, uh, you know, I couldn't. If they just ran the ball every time, could they run the ball for 900 yards against USC?
6: <laughs> yeah, I don't think you should ask him. That. No, but,
2: but you but know, I, I do. I do think they could.
6: <laughs> I jotted it down. You know, he's funny when he he says little things that I think mean a lot. Yeah. And he I just jotted it down. He was saying he was talking about Caleb Williams mm-hmm. and he was first of all I thought it was a good point. It's like you gotta remember defensive linemen, when Caleb Williams makes you work that hard, yeah. you can get tired. Yes. That's a that's a big element of this game. But they got a lot of D-linemen. They do, but he then but then on the back side of that, he said, but opportunities sit out there for yeah. us. Which yeah. that to me says on film, he's yeah. like, ooh, yeah. licking chops. So
2: I said there are a lot of plays where Uh, again, it's, it's nitpicking, but I really think that his pocket awareness has kind of gone to pot lately and that he just backs out of plays and goes backwards and does his little whirly bird stuff instead of climbing pockets. And, you know, a lot of times you play in these college systems, it's, it's really frustrating for D lineman because you don't see a lot of guys with, with big sack numbers because the ball comes out so fast, right? It's a lot of RPOs and dink and dunks and, and, you know, air rate stuff where you're just, you're, you know, one step and, and throw. Caleb Williams holds on to the ball longer than any quarterback in college football, and that's that's an actual stat. And, yeah, I do think that there are some Oregon linemen sitting there right now, especially with how deep they run, that are absolutely cherishing this opportunity to actually pin their ears back and and get upfield and rush.
6: By the way, that uh, Peach Bowl he talked about, yeah. I asked him what the strangest game he was ever part of. Caught him off guard, but he then mentioned the Peach Bowl of uh, the COVID year, They were playing, so he was at Georgia. Mm -hmm. They were playing Cincinnati,
2: who at the time was was, ranked 8th. Yeah, that was Ritter, right? Yeah, Yeah.
6: I think it was Desmond Ritter. They might have been...
7: I think they were undefeated. Undefeated. I'm pretty sure they were. Georgia beat him 24-21. Ooh. Yeah. I, mean, I enjoyed his honesty. Good ball. And, and, a well. yeah. and a little backhanded shot at Cal as well.
6: Yeah. Did you hear that? Did you catch that little? Well, you just know. Yeah, when, you, when you're when, playing Cal, uh, it's you all good. Get. get away with that stuff. You yeah,
2: better, <laughs> yeah, you play better teams. I think that was just like one of those things that just slipped he out. He slipped. Yeah. He yeah. slipped
6: All right. Dan, uh, Dan Landing joins us every Thursday at 4 here on The Fan. Uh, coming up next... He mentioned something about Joe Burrow that I want, to, uh, I want to piggyback off of. We'll get to that next. It is 418 on the fan.
1: Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. with Isaac and Sue on 1080 The Fan.
6: You know, Lanny mentioned going against Joe Burrow at uh, LSU. Yeah, he was pretty good. He was, but uh, the thing that when he said that, because he was talking about not only Joe Burrow, but the guys he was throwing to, mm-hmm. have you ever seen a better um, quarterback-receiver combo than Burrow, Jefferson, and Chase?
2: At, at pre- one school, and Moss's Moss was the tight end. That was pretty good. Clyde Edwards Lair was the was the back. But just wide receiver quarterback, have you? Can
6: you think of a better combination? I mean, there have been some at college. I mean, yeah, there there have I, been I, some really good quarterback wide receiver one on you know yeah. like Randy Moss at Chad
2: Pennington, right? No, I don't think. No, I think that was that was a different. I don't think Pennington was there cuz we played well they might have been I there a little bit did. but I played against Pennington and I can assure you Reddy Moss was not on the field with
6: us. Well, but Moss only played one year there. Yeah, right? it,
2: it might have been. It, uh, I thought maybe that was Leftwich. I don't know. I'm not sure who who he played with. Uh to answer your question, you you you're dealing with probably Yeah, he the, was
6: 1997.
2: They had that a year together.
6: Yeah.
2: You're talking about the the Heisman trip like arguably the greatest college football season of all time. The best offense we've ever seen and a quarterback that went on right now to probably be the second best quarterback in the NFL. And he was throwing to the best receiver in the NFL. And then probably what the fourth or fifth best receiver in the NFL. You're going to be hard pressed to top that. I mean, I I'd have to go back and look off the top of my head. Like, you know, go back to some of those Miami teams, you know, with and see if if who both of their receivers were because they were churning out guys. Certainly, Ohio State has had a bevy of those guys that came through. I mean, look at the receivers that have come out of Ohio State—some absolute ridiculous ones. USC had so many good receivers back in the day. That would be the one that I I'd, I'd wonder off the top of my head, like the like Matt Leinert throwing to those guys, but he's not Joe Burrow. And none of those guys went on to be as good as those USC receivers are. None of them went on to be Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. You're, you're going to be hard-pressed to talk yeah, about
6: Yeah, I, I just don't know. Uh, he got me thinking about that. I'm like, oh, my God. I That's the best ever. Well, it's got to be.
2: And someone points out, if, if you really wanted to to look, it, the, the one that may be the closest is last year's. And that was with C.J. Stroud throwing to, uh, to Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigbo was hurt all year oh, so you, you got to take him out of there but
6: stroud setting
2: rookie records yeah but i mean that that was with uh alave and garrett wilson i mean you look at that room that had with cj stroud that's going through and setting all those records because he still would have been the quarterback there so Mike, might honestly number two might be that ohio state team over the last <laughs> over the last couple years
6: yes uh donovan McNabb had um Marvin
2: Harrison. Marvin Harrison, but you didn't have you didn't have another one.
6: And then Derek Carr famously had Devontae Adams. Yeah, at Fresno. Yeah,
2: but but none of those guys are Joe Burrow, and none no. of those guys are. I mean, Justin Jefferson did he came in and lit the league on fire? Like J- Jamar Chase. Remember Jefferson was a year behind, so Jamar Chase came out and immediately was like, "Holy crap, this guy's a top five, six receiver in the in the NFL." And then Jefferson, J- Justin Jefferson, came the next year and was like, "Oh yeah, by the way, I'm that much better." I mean. That's, that's just, crazy. that's stupid, absurd. That's, it's, that's a whole other level. Um, and it's, it's not to the same, you know, the, the, the same, uh, level as that, but Washington this year has Penix. He'll be a first round pick and Dunze will be a first round pick. Polk will be a first round pick. And they thought McMillan was going to be a first round pick, but he's been hurt all year. So like there was a chance had all three of those guys stayed healthy, that Penix could have three first round receivers which, by the way, some people will nitpick that a little bit. It's like what happened to C.J. Stroud. They were like, yeah, he's – and by the way, Penix gets compared to, I think, fairly to C.J. Stroud. And a lot of people looked at C.J. and was like, hmm, I don't know. You know, he doesn't doesn't move around, not the most athletic guy in the world, and all he has to do is throw the ball to those guys and they go and get it. So it's some of that criticism that Stroud got is some of the stuff that Penix gets.
6: uh, Stroud also came from Ohio State where – it just is. They never just happened. haven't had any good quarterbacks go to the NFL. No. None. I mean, no. None of them are any good nope. in the NFL. Nope. And now he came in and, but and he busted that. If there was ever a guy that we should have, you know, maybe we should have seen that coming more. Um, that game against Georgia was wild. Like when Stroud, Str- he shredded Georgia. Yeah. And that's when we probably should have been like, oh, maybe Stroud's a little different than your average Ohio State quarterback.
2: Yep, and you know had him had a chance, they just because I don't it,
6: think many people expected him to shred Georgia.
2: No, because at that point we were all busy. People were busy tearing him down. And again, they lost, but
6: by you know they, they missed the field, missed, goal. missed the field so goal, and they
2: score like fifty points or something, something like that. It was like in the high forties, and they had a field goal to take down the mighty Georgia. All right. Well, anyway. Yeah, the people are bringing up those Alabama teams with Tua certainly had a lot of them because that was like Jerry, Judy, and uh, I think Henry Ruggs was there. Meachie was there.
4: Yeah, but again, that's Jameson not,
2: Williams was there. That's
6: not at the same level of Burrow and Jefferson and Chase. I mean, I get it. That was really good. Yeah, but, but it's not those Burrow, guys. Burrow, Jefferson,
2: and Chase? Come on. No, no. Alabama might have been the deepest squad that we've seen, but no. When you're talking about a, a, a trio— it's not you're you're not going to find better than that. All
6: right. Well, I thought Landing was nice and relaxed today.
2: Yeah, it felt good. It's Voice
6: a good was sign. a little hoarse, but yeah, he seemed well, very he's chill. Always,
7: he's always like that. I think he yells a lot. Well, you think? But well, I, I, I'm trying to say speaks to his uh, completeness as a as a person that he can be that chill after screaming that loud oh, at yeah. practice. Eric. Well,
6: he's relaxed. Probably means Oregon
2: by fifty. I, I do think that he's got to feel good. You got to feel good when, when you, when, when you look at the matchups and what Oregon does defensively, being able to rush the quarterback with the depth they have and more importantly, just their ability to run the ball. I
6: Yeah. But, why don't they, will they ever throw a pass in the USC
2: game? I don't think they should again I'd like to point out that Washington that is not known for really running the ball ran their their uh, their running back ran for uh, Johnson ran for 256 yards and ran for 170 plus yards before he got hit he had a 170 like five yards before contact yeah. I don't know that that's possible Bucky Irving may run for 900 yards himself
6: 900 yes. That'd be awesome.
2: They, they, he, Bucky Irving is going to blow something out simply because he's running. It's just like going to be a track meet. He's going to pull a hammy after seven hundred yards.
7: Besides the running backs, too, it looks like the offensive line really is coming to its own the last couple of weeks. I mean, yeah, Utah they looked really good, you know, but then the next week, like it was like, oh my goodness, okay, they're here. I have no, I have no complaints anymore. Like th- this, this offensive line should allow James and Bucky each to run they, for like one fifty. They bullied you, the
2: middle. They bullied Utah's front. And Utah's front is fifteen times better than USC's. Mismatch. So the record. So here's a real question: Samaj
6: Piron has the record Mm -hmm. for most rushing yards in a game. Oh really? Four hundred and twenty-seven against my Jayhawks. Yeah, rock chalk. Yep. Uh, I think uh, (laughs) the question is: Does Bucky
2: Irving break that? (laughs) I'll say this. I think if you were ever going to say if they wanted to if they wanted to and think about how what we thought of usc coming into this year they were considered a true national title contender and it is not absurd to sit here and say that if oregon wanted to bucky could challenge that record if they gave him the ball 40 times i love that 40 times (laughs) do they need 40 well i'm just they're trying to break the record so, like, well, if it, need it. if they did that and gave him the ball forty times, could he get four hundred yards? Yeah, I do. I, th- I think he could.
6: All right, we got to move on. In the news is coming up next, guys. Um, another local brewery, a popular one, closing. Mm-hmm. But here's uh, Schultzie with SportsCenter.
1: Prime time with Isaac and sue on 1080 The
7: Fan. All right, please have you along.
6: It's Rock and Sue So, uh, right now it is November nine. Well, all day it's November nine, but it's also November nine right now. Yeah, so it's like <clears throat> it's not like
2: an hour ago it wasn't.
6: But you guys probably knew that.
2: You know, like in Japan, though, it's not November 9th, so... True. It's November 10th. But who cares about Japan? Well, my guess is the people in Japan. How many people from Japan are listening to this broadcast? My gal, perhaps. Is she over there? No, she's here, but she's from Japan.
6: (laughs) No, I mean, like... I'm talking about in Japan. It's possible maybe some of her family are tuning in. Do we have one person in Japan right now listening to our show? I don't I'm know. Guessing zero. I don't know. All right, so well. get out of here with that. <laughs> By a, the way. What about in Shangri-La? I don't know. There's a text that said, um, fun CJ Stroud fact, mm-hmm. he was at one point considered a lock to commit to Washington State. Really? He was only a three-star recruit, and then he won MVP at the Elite 11, and his stock skyrocketed.
2: Oh well, did there you know go. that? I did not know that.
6: I'm just going to take that texter at his word that that's true.
2: We have no idea if that's What's true, about about that? but like, hey, let's do it. November 9,
6: 2023, Time for in the news. I'm your noted newsman. Hello, thank you. Today is National Fried Chicken Sandwich Day.
2: I do like fried chicken, and I like sandwiches. Put them together, tasty. Can I, uh,
6: can I make a What may be a controversial statement? Yeah, go am, for am it. Am I allowed to do that yeah. here?
2: I know where you're going with, with this. You've with said it courage. before. What? Oh, I, I know your feelings on the chicken sandwich. Yeah,
6: chicken's just mid, but mm. I'm just... No, on the chicken sandwich, I actually think a chicken sandwich, a fried chicken sandwich is better than fried chicken. Oh. In other words... Yeah, I see where you're going with that. because Spicing
2: the, up... Yeah, the accoutrements. Yeah, that you, makes it even better. You put an aioli on there. Yeah, you because get, chicken yeah.
6: by itself, whatever... But you, yeah, you
2: you get an aioli, some nice bread, Mm -hmm. maybe some pickles, look, some cheese. I understand that that may be a controversial statement, but I'm not here to argue with you on that. I mean, chicken. You're not dying on that hill, are you? No, I'm not. I mean, I love fried chicken and I love chicken sandwiches. Now, if you, it really comes down to the mood that I'm in, because there are certain days where I'm like, no, I want the chicken. Give me a Popeye's chicken, or give me, you know,
6: but with nothing on it.
2: Well. Just fried yeah, just chicken. fried chicken is so good. But I'm I'm guessing that if if, if you asked me, six times out of ten. I'm taking the chicken sandwich.
7: I think the sandwich versus, like, regular fried chicken, too, depends on the way you prepare it, because I feel like ch- chicken for a sandwich, if it's a fried chicken piece, you're you're doing some brine with a pickle. Then you're doing... Th- there's, like, extra things that you go through as opposed to just, like, throwing a little seasoning and flour and, and egg coating on just, like, a regular piece of fried chicken. So you definitely put a little more into that piece of fried chicken for a Sammy.
6: I feel like, uh, based on food talk... Since Schultzy's been filling
7: in for Buckley, mm-hmm. I feel like I've learned
6: something about you And that you are a very passionate cook, chef, um, cook chef, I'd, chef. I don't know, maybe more. You p- seem like you have a you
7: you know your way around the kitchen. I appreciate that, and you take pride in it. I think my wife would agree, but then ask you why isn't he in the kitchen more? So I, uh-huh. I probably should step up and use my skills at home a little. That's bit universal, better. though. Uh, right. Okay. Aren't
6: all women saying that about men?
2: No, she doesn't want me to cook.
6: Oh, really? Why? No. <laughs> well, well, it says that about me all the time.
2: Yeah, it's. I'm like, I, I, look,
6: uh, yeah. I, I'm a specialist, okay? Yeah. I don't do everything.
2: Now, there are times when my gal's like, hey, I'm, I'm running late or whatever. Will you cook something? Sure, I, I gotcha. But she's better than me. She enjoys doing it. She doesn't really want. I guess I ask all the time, like, hey, can I help? The answer, no. Don't want my help in the kitchen.
7: Yeah, she wants you out of there.
2: Yeah, and that's fine.
7: Maybe all this knowledge just comes from the endless amount of food shows I watch. I watch the bacon ah. stuff. I watch Food Network. It's like a comfort thing for the wife and Somebody's I. Somebody's got to explain to me the British baking show. Oh, GBBO? I can, oh, I my can, God.
6: My wife watches that
7: religiously, and I just don't get it. It's a comfort thing. Look man. how
2: exciting Schultz is
7: right so now. So, Great He's British nice. Bake Off. If you all don't know, it's essentially a cooking competition show that got popular, I would say, right before the pandemic leading into it, where PBS kind of started to distribute it here in America and on Netflix. Isn't now. it just a
2: bunch of fat British women that, like, fry everything in butter? No, absolutely
7: not. It is, not, and, and it's more <laughs> of a baking show than a cooking show, and it's just, uh, it is an extremely highfalutin, high class. Like, th- th- there's amateur bakers that come together, make amazing things, and it's, just like Dang. your wife, Isaac. I'm sure that she thinks the same as I do. It's a
2: comfort show in the yeah, background. Give me, beat, Bo- beat Bobby Flay or Iron Chef me or get the hell out of here. Bobby Flay's a jerk. Bobby he, Flay's the man. He has. Super
7: Chef Bobby Flay, let's go. Yeah, he's cheated on every woman he's ever been with. He's a jackass you would, you to his would, coworkers. You would sure. too
2: if you were Bobby Flay. Look at that guy. Yeah, He'd be slinging it around too. He's not even
7: hot. He's not even a hot dude.
2: He's Bobby Flay.
7: It's like, I see hot dudes. I, I, all right, I'm just getting off track. It's like, I see Channing Tatum. I see other guys. like, I get it. I get why women are into you. Bobby Flay. Nope. What the hell is that? Why? I feel like Bobby Flay may have
6: touched Jordan inappropriately. It feels
2: like, show me on the doll where Bobby Flay hurt you. Either that or he touched his wife.
7: <laughs> no, I just hate D-bags. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, douches? No. Thanks. It's,
2: it's possible that his, his wife calls him Bobby and, you know, makes him dress up and it's a whole thing. There's an apron involved, and he's a little jealous.
7: Oh, no. My wife has a pass for Ryan Reynolds, but that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about Bobby Flay. I don't think that's ever ever on her list.
6: It's also World Freedom Day,
7: so shout out to all your freedoms.
6: Co-Freedom! <laughs> Another local brewery is closing. Yeah, I saw this. This one is, uh, now I'm not a big, huge brewery guy, but um, e- Ecliptic. I
7: yes. that one. I did, thought. For, did that throw you off?
2: Well, for a minute there, I thought it was pronounced something different. Though. Like I was ecliptic like, or something? Ecl- ecliptic. Ecliptic,
7: yes. Like the eclipse?
2: Yeah, You okay. just the, the way you said it, I was like, wait, is that correct? Ecliptic. Yeah, I can't say that, uh, is that, the, a good one? that I'm up on all mine, but you know, when we had uh, Mike Lynch, uh, he was always talking about that.
6: Well, he had a beer
2: podcast. He had a beer podcast. I mean, my God, he was an expert. Yes. I've heard of it many times. Can't say that I've ever been there.
6: Well, it's closing. Yeah. Just um, tough times? Well, you know the guy who the head cheese there, the guy who owned it, I think John Harris, mm-hmm. was the guy who made uh Pond. So he's very, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like esteemed,
2: famous in the, in uh, the beer community. But Mere for the Deschutes. Mirpond is one of the best beers out
7: there. I at do least like in my Yeah,
6: yeah. I, I'm a I'm not a beer guy, and I, I'll drink a Mere You know that? Uh, yeah, he he made it for Deschutes, and then. Um, so he, you op- this th- is his own opened thing. his own? Yeah. So yeah. he's closing down. They've been open for a while. Um, but says, just like uh, everything else, industry uncertainty has uh, caused a lot of problems.
2: Now, is, is he shutting down or did he sell it? Well, he
6: sold... So this says the business... Helmed by former Deschutes and full-sale brewer John Harris announced it had been sold to a company that would keep him involved in the brand but would not retain its current space as a pub. Okay. So it's both. He says, the sale will allow me to pay back our debts and align the brand with a bigger entity to allow it to continue. Ecliptic beer will still be available in stores
7: and restaurants.
2: Yeah, I guess he's responsible for Mirapon and the old uh, Black Butt Porter.
7: So Those are two of my favorite beers. The Black beers. Butt. Black <laughs> yeah. Butt. If I'm ever eating a burger, I'll, I'll take a black bud with that. That's a good beer too. It is.
2: I don't like the dark beers, but
7: I don't really either. But that's a good one. Yeah. No, I swear, like the shoots, their obsidian stout as well. They got they got a good lineup. I'll tell you what.
2: You know my feelings towards it. Dad beers or no beers, get out of here. I don't I don't like the uh, I don't like the darks.
6: Well, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Ecliptic.
7: Just waiting for that one. It's just unbelievable. I'm not pulling that. I'm not. I'm. Why I'm not? not I, I, all right. All
2: that right, would, out of right context, now. that probably won't go very well. No, that's it what it I'm won't. Like I don't. Won't. I just have always preferred the whites. <laughs> Much like that. I wish I could have more white things. Could you mix in a black? The color white to me just always works. I'm asking where the white power rankings go. Yeah, yeah. So don't go. Oh, ahead. Yeah, they signed that brown guy, and then I went right past. It. God,
6: <laughs>
2: out of context, out of context. Yeah, don't pull that one.
6: Uh, up next, mm, another proud claim to fame for our state. It is four forty-seven on the fan.
3: That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at hero.co. That's code H-E-R-O 10 for 10% off at hero.co.
8: This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else.
1: Prime time with Isaac and Souk on 1080, the fan. Just take
6: those old records on All right. Uh, we are merely um, passing the time until Panthers bears the big showdown on Thursday night football. And
2: toss out the records when these two titans get together. <clears throat>
6: uh, it is in the news for November 9, 2023. You know, I was mentioning that uh, we have another proud claim to fame here in Oregon. And uh, that is true. I wasn't joking. And that is? We have the most beautiful bat. Come again? We have the most beautiful bat. Like? We won the bat beauty contest. So
2: just an individual bat.
6: And quite frankly, we're dominating it. We've won two years in a row.
2: Huh. I I didn't know. Yeah. I...
6: Well, that's why I'm here for you. I'm so, the newsman. That's w- what I do.
2: Who judges sexy bats, which, quite frankly, is a little (laughs) uncomfortable, but,
6: you know. It's the Bureau of Land Management. Okay. What? Yeah. So, an Oregon bat won the annual photo contest organized by BLM for the second year in a row. This time, the prize went to William Shakespeare, a bat from Butte Falls in Jackson County.
2: So is it a pet bat or is it No, it's just a photo. It's just of a, a bat. photo of a bat. He's
6: out in the wild, and mm. he is a cute little guy. Have you seen him? Did, I, you, did you look up William Shakespeare?
2: No. Shakespeare ear. William Shakes.
6: Well, it's Shakespeare, but it ear E-A-R, emphasis on the ear.
2: Okay. You know, because he's got yeah. big
6: he's got big old bat ears. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh it's a female bat, and uh, it's a Townsend's big eared bat. And it was photographed by BLM wildlife technician Emma Busk. And uh that, that little bat. That's the most beautiful th- bat. Well it's it's yeah, mm. it's beautiful bat. Look. As bats go.
2: I'm not here to say that I'm sexually turned on by bats, but um <laughs> If you were. I I think I can do better. Okay, Google Barbara. Barbara won last year. Yeah, I And just... that is a
6: canyon bat from Lake County. Uh maybe Barbara's hotter than
2: I just, I don't know. I, I don't. Uh, Two different archetypes of bats. Yeah, or... I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily. Whoa! When you Google Barbara the Bat, <laughs> uh oh. Yeah, there's what, some. What do we get? It's some sort of slutty Nintendo character. I
7: was gonna say, yeah, that might oh. not give you the results you're looking for. Although you might stumble upon a couple of those I think, results.
2: I think Barbara the brat, Bat's been enhanced. Yeah, it's a whole other thing. She's a. It appears to be a slutty bat eating a hot dog, which seems there's a lot of innuendo there. Huh? I don't know.
6: You know, the bat gets a bad rap, don't you think?
2: Yeah, I think most people uh, just have the. It's not like snakes, but there's a negative connotation to it.
6: Yeah, you know, like the bat's not going to
7: really hurt you at all.
2: No. I'd I mean, one land on. I'd one land on my head yeah. when I was on a scooter in to. Indonesia. It did kind of freak me out though. But to be fair, anything landing on your head while riding a scooter. Oh well, yeah. You know,
6: but the bat, th- you know, the vampire, eh, yeah. the whole, the whole that. Well, whole it's got
2: a, it's got a Dracula PR problem.
6: And it hangs upside down, which is kind of cool. Yeah, but
2: well, and they eat insects. I guess they're you know they're they're good for your yeah. area if you have bats.
6: Yeah, they're great for uh, yeah.
2: keeping pests down. Yeah, but again, when you're affiliated with like the macabre and and the whole evil and you know, it's like snakes. Snakes are affiliated with the devil. Bats with uh, Dracula. It's it's not a good. Uh, not what you want when you when you when you hear your name is to be associated with pure evil so
6: you wouldn't bang that bat
2: i don't think i would if i was another bat me i walk into a bat bar i'm
6: you know that one doesn't stand out i don't think so uh did you know that bats can eat up to 1200 mosquitoes in an hour that's
2: a lot of bats or that's a lot of mosquitoes so that's what i'm saying if you they, they say if you want to get rid of uh bugs like, I remember, we might have talked about this on the air. If, if you are having a big mosquito problem in your yard, you can buy, like, a bat box. You can make a little house. Yeah. And you encourage the bats come, because then the bats eat all the bugs.
6: Yep. Well, that's another claim to fame for us. The most beautiful bat, William Shakespeare.
2: Yeah, if you Google sexy bat, you know, different well, stuff. I don't want to know what comes up. Different stuff comes up. Although, here is an actual bat,
6: and, uh... Oh, I actually think the bat looks pretty cute.
2: Um... I guess bats engage in uh, oral pleasures. Of
7: course they do. While flying? Well, yeah. Why wouldn't, I mean. I, j- I don't think that,
2: I thought that was think- just a human sort of thing. I don't, you know. Yeah, come on. Well, apparently bats are, you know, out there getting it done. All right, go bats. That's
6: all we have time for.
2: Yeah, this, uh, you know, right here. Bats got blamed for COVID, too. The bats need better oh, PR. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the in bat
7: the, soup or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The,
2: the, the bat is in desperate need of new management. It's it's got to get some PR, yeah. Because really, the only thing it has going for it at this point is Batman, which you'd think would be enough to get you some good positive will. Yeah, but they it's, don't
6: really
7: they don't really play up the Batman.
6: No, they need angle. to lean
2: more into that and away from the vampire.
7: Well, didn't he get bitten by the bat? Maybe that's why.
2: No, Batman didn't get bitten by it. You're thinking of Spider?
7: man no, 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 I'm not. I'm thinking of Batman Forever when he's trapped in wherever the hell he falls. Val Kilmer's kid character, and then. The bat comes in, and I thought it was like he, he gets bit. I thought that was what
2: nah, it was implying. he just implying, gets but maybe... scared. He just gets scared of all bats. Right.
7: Okay. Well, and you have the bat
6: signal. I mean, that's an amazing thing.
2: Oh, there you go. Yeah. And we,
6: you know, that's yeah. a part of our lexicon. You yeah. You throw out the bat signal. Yeah. They need to lean into that But it just
2: too. goes to show you how negative the opinion is, because Batman should lift you up, and yeah. it still has a bad beat to it.
6: All right. Well, that's all we have time for uh, today today. On In the News, November 9, 2023. The Hot Five at Five is next. Uh, college football starting quarterback is back. Uh Blazers update, another injury. And uh, could be trouble for one NFL team this weekend hosting um, someone? <laughs> hosting someone? Somebody hosting maybe, someone. Uh... Uh, they may be in trouble. <laughs> I don't know. Just listen. It'll be next. <laughs>